Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I don't know, you know. Uh, I don't think anybody ever will know. I don't care whether you're Edward R. Murrow or Elsa Maxwell. Uh, nobody will ever really, in the end, know what it's all about. And, and nobody ever will, in the end, know any more than a little tiny, itsy, wee bit of what is all to be known. And in the end, all to be known goes on forever, until finally no one can know ever any, all that could be known. How can I say this? Except that the firmament stretches on and on and on. We are so small that, uh, that, they, that the thing, I think, is this... This, this, this beautiful, wild, exultant, sad, humorous, and all the other adjectives, and yet at the same time even more, which is in every one of us, we find that is expressed, that can be expressed, and is expressed by hundreds of millions. The, the, the leaves are so many in this, this giant this giant blossom. But, but none of us can ever possibly comprehend any small petal or leaf. And to listen to these guys, I mean, listen, listen to these guys. I mean, just, just, listen, it's, they're saying one small part of it. And you know, I, 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 the sad part of it is is that we turn continually deaf ears to ourselves. That, that some friendly little old lady will immediately write me and say, Well, Mr. Shepard, I can't understand that abominable music you play. Because she's talking about the abominable spirit of man. She really is, you know. <laughs> Come on, fellas, we're listening. Oh, listen to that, listen to that mouth organ. Man, he is pumping that mouth open. He is playing it and singing it out at the same time. He'll never make the Sullivan Show. In fact, he's been dead for 30 years. 30 years ago he said this. Are you aware of that? No. You know what they were singing about? You want you want to hear what they were singing? You know what he was imitating? He was imitating the sound of a foxhound. Now set it back again there. He was imitating. Now, now listen carefully. They're they're on a run. Listen, come right around and bend. Listen, come right around and bluff. Believe they caught him. I believe they caught him. Hear that? He's coming around a bend. Got him in the bluff now. They got him. They got him. <laughs> 
That's the chain call. Yeah, they got it. See? Now, don't put it down, madam. See, you didn't know what you were talking about again. When are you going to learn that this was not gibberish? This had a lot more meaning than Montevani playing T for two a thousand times over. Has it ever occurred to you that the barbarians are there at the gates? They are at the gates, but they're all on tape. I mean, you know, or on film. <laughs> you want to hear that again? I mean, it doesn't make any difference. We're all here together. We're all just sitting here scratching. Not that I'm... Uh, and by the way, since it's, it's, uh, since it's now uh, 24, 25 minutes after 11... Uh, we might, but, oh, another question I'd like to ask. Did anyone bother to check whether anybody was at the Village Voice? Was anyone at the Village Voice tonight? You know, three weeks ago, I gave the phone number talk for 15 minutes about everybody should call the Voice, and 687 guys called, and they got nothing but the nothing signal down there. The Voice had forgotten to come to work. You, I can assure you, this is never going to happen at the Times. <laughs> they all slept in. And believe me, when the village voice sleeps in, it sleeps in. So would someone please tell me whether they were there? <laughs> I mean, just give them a call and say, you're there, aren't you? <laughs> Don't ask for a subscription. Just say, you were there, weren't you, really? It's Watkins 44669. Four, say, we, we, we're sorry if we bothered you. We just wanted to check. Is everything okay down there? <laughs> Speaking of everything okay, we have with us tonight old Worth Perfume, our old friends, Worth Perfume, and and Don Landsman, who, it, it, Worth is this kind of product. Now listen carefully. Don sent me a letter, which I'm going to have to absolutely relay to you. Don was, was looking through one of the catalogs recently, and in this catalog, they had a... The newest of the new toys. Have you seen it? It's a it's a series of little molds, which a kid can use out on the beach to mold sandcastles, prefab sandcastles. Kind of like that idea, prefab sandcastles. That even your sandcastle now has a close resemblance to your neighbor's sandcastle. <laughs> it said it has moats, it has the whole business, keeps and dungeons. And they're all easily made by any child with a minimum of technical assistance. A minimum of technical assistance to make a sandcastle. And so Don sent me this note. He says, where will it all end? He says, I see the days just ahead when they're going to have kite ranges. And there's going to be a whole group of kites up in the air that have been put up there by tall, thin counselors. And it'll say, kids, hold the kite for 15 minutes. Don't have any of that, that sickening business of running around and getting up a sweat and getting the kite up and then having it get stuck in the telephone wires. Hire a kite for 15 minutes. Bring your dad along. Just 25 cents for 15 minutes for a genuine four-and-a-half-foot bird kite. You know, I bet some clown is sitting out there and he's driving along and he's murky. He says, that's not a bad idea. A kite range. Oh, where will it all end? Where will it all end? Well, I don't know, Don. Where will it all end? <laughs> I've often wondered. <laughs> and, and, and 
We would like to point out that we have with us tonight Worth Perfume. They are back for the fall. And in case you don't know this product, I can only say that Worth is a true aficionado's perfume and in Europe is one of the most important of the select perfumes. And a couple of years ago, in 58, at the Brussels Exposition, they won one of three gold medal awards that were awarded in the luxury product class. Just two other products in the field won these awards. It's a magnificent product. And if you're a perfume type, I would suggest you find out about Worth. You'll find it on sale at all the best perfume counters everywhere. I have no idea, though, however, where it will all end. Well, yes, this is serious. I do have an idea. Or two. I want to do... I, I think this is the first night that we have felt in the air the actual feeling of true fall. I mean, it feels like fall. And there's a certain exhilaration about fall. Do you notice that? And also a certain kind of Oh, a dark-tasting sadness, both at the same time. None of these things do you ever feel about spring. These things you never feel about the onslaught of winter, either. Only fall. Have you, have you observed that most of the writers who really deal with the inside, the, 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 the terrible furnaces that go on inside of us, you know there are all kinds of writers. Uh, there are carpenters. There are technicians. There are people of, uh, yes, that's quite true. Russ came in here and handed me a note, and, and, and it reads, somebody said, fall is the springtime of the mind. There is much, that's, that's quite true. Because, uh, you know, the one thing that people miss when they go into the tropics is not winter, but fall. Fall is an exciting time. But like most exciting times, there is also the implied stream of danger. There is the implied... Because nothing will ever excite you unless there is danger involved. Nothing. Life would be dead if there was no danger ever in it. It would not exist. It would be impossible to exist. And so fall is a dangerous... Because, after all, winter is the dangerous time. And, and fall is the exciting time for the dangerous for the sense also, really the profound sense, that time has passed. This is when you really know it. You see, in spring you have the feeling that time is beginning. Oh, in fall, time has passed. And all the, all the writers who have looked into that inferno, that, that, dark, that dark, snarling fire that's inside of all of us, all of them, almost without exception, have written great lengths and great strange, ambiguous things about fall. Thomas Wolfe, for example, and his October world. Wolfe always was hung up on October. And it's just impossible to escape October. And fall has begun. Now, the, the Japanese haiku poets, uh, it's interesting that their poetry follows very distinctly the seasons, one after the other, because all men know them. Even if they live in the tropics, they know fall. Even if they miss it, they know it. In fact, if you miss it, you often know it more so. And so the seasons are there, you know, the summer, the winter, the spring, the fall, the repetition of these seasons. And they knew that this would be true all the time, always, forever, ever, ever. 
that these things would happen to men. That's why you can read a haiku poet who wrote 200 years ago, and he's saying it. He's saying the same thing. No question about it. It's like riding on a, it's like riding on a Ferris wheel. You know, the Ferris wheel gives you the sense of moving. It gives you the feeling that you are getting somewhere, but you're not. You're just returning always eternally to the same spot, up and down, up and down, back and forth, up and down. And each point on that, on that inscribed circle is different from the point before it. And when you arrive at the top, it's not really the top. It's just another point of a circle. It just seems to be the top. You could flip the circle over, and the bottom then becomes the top. It just goes around and is exactly the same. It's the position in space that makes the difference. Not the circumference of the circle, that little fine edge. Uh, by the way, is this getting hypothetical for you out there? <laughs> but I will say this, that the haiku poets have dealt with this very much so. And somebody asked me, you know, I had a very wild experience. I just got back from Guantanamo Bay two nights ago. I, just, I was chased north by Hurricane Donna. And... I was, I was involved there at the naval base, and all these people are kind of isolated, and they're living on the edge of strange kind of unknown, peculiar isolation. And they're all Americans. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting late at maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting at, in, the, in the AOQ, which is barracks there, and there's a little pool hall there, and everything is dark, and the Coke machine is going off and on, and... The ward boy had left, and everything was quiet. And I'm sitting there in a wicker chair, and a guy comes in wearing a G-suit. And he sits down. And he looks at me, and he says, Are you really Shepard? I says, Yeah. He says, You're really Shepard? I mean, Shepard from the radio? I says, Yeah. And this kid looked like Andy Hardy. It was a cornball scene. And he's, he's wearing this suit, you see. It wasn't a G-suit, actually. It was just a flying coverall with the, with the May West under. And he introduced himself. And he says, I'm a listener, man. I says, how did you get here flying this helicopter? He's flying an HRS. I, says, I don't know. He said, you know, it's a funny thing. Me and this chick out on Long Island, every Sunday night, we used to go along and listen to you. He says, I would go out and I'd see this chick. And he says, I'm going to Adelphi College. And I, I used to listen. And he said, I, I remember more than anything else. I remember, oh, I remember a lot of things. I remember the time you were trying to figure out how Great Neck got its name. And then you told us how Great Neck got its name. About this giant neck that appeared one day. And all the natives saw it that became Great Neck. And, and he says, I remember this. I almost ran into a tree. I says, wow. And we're sitting there for hours, and then finally he says to me, Look, one thing I want to ask you, I want to ask you about haiku. He says, Do you really dig this? And I says, What do you mean do I dig? Of course. That's why I do it. He says, Well, I, 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 I'll tell you. He says, I, I couldn't get over hearing this. And I just wanted to make sure you just weren't doing it. I says, I says what? We, we distrust every, We distrust ourselves now. And then he began to quote various haiku that I had read about the frog in the pond, a big old boss. He said, I remember that. 
next boy. And, and I realized how this stuff really does do it. I'm sitting there in Guantanamo Bay, and that's all this poor guy can think of. He wants to talk all night. And I say, look, you're going to fly at 6 in the morning, and I'm, I'm taking a mat's flight out of here, and I've got I to gotta go. And so finally he, he, went, he, went back to his, he went back to his room, and I went to mine, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's already, it's already 3. And, and by 4 o'clock, they're shaking me, shining lights in my face, and I go out, and howling winds are whistling across. And I go down to this little airfield, and who is there but this guy, Mike? And he's in his orange suit, and he's got this big orange helmet on. And he's trying to get his HRS started. And, and the next thing I know, I'm in the back of this thing. And we're flying over the choppy waters. And the wind is blowing us back and forth, 35, 40 knots. And he's sitting up in the front driving this mad thing. We finally arrive at Leeward Island. We sit down on this thing. And he gets out of the front of it. And he says, look, he said, you know, when I get back, when I get back, I'm going to call you. I says, fine, good, good. He says, oh, by the way, do you remember the one about the flea? About the flea. The, the one where Isa says, turn over, flea. I'm going to turn over. Be careful. There's going to be an earthquake in a minute. I'm turning over. I says, yeah. He says, wow. And the wind is blowing. He gets back into the HRS, and away he goes, back over the ocean again. So I just want you to know, there's a listener down there in the dark. <laughs> you want to hear some fall haiku? Huh? What? This is not worth perfume. You want to record it? All right. This is this is fall haiku. You want to hear what the what the Japanese poets said about fall? You see, they didn't really say this about fall. Speaking of poets, this is W O R A M and F M New York. It's a vast, strange trinity. The W O R is blowing from morning till night. I can't quite figure out what the opus is all about. It does have something to do with an albatross. <laughs> it's hanging around everybody's neck here. Have you ever heard this phrase in your life? Of course, I, if it was up to me, Charlie, things would be different around here, but it isn't up to me. This is the albatross. It's not up to anybody. You get up to the top guy, and he's, well, of course, you know, if it was up to me. I, 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 I'm, my hands are tied. <laughs> so you can understand what we mean by albatross which is the plural of albatrosses. Uh, now, I'd like to point out that, uh, before we go any further, that the Japanese didn't really say anything about fall. They didn't really say anything about winter. They used them as points of reference. it should follow. Ah, yes. Listen to this. Listen to this, please, Eduardo, if you will. You got my thing up there? Well, what's the matter with you two guys? What are you waiting for? You know what happens when we have... What's the matter with you people in there? Heaven's sakes. I'm surprised at you. You don't play Chinese opera music with haiku. Come on now. I might as well get a tap dancer going behind me here. Listen to that. And incidentally, I'm not a Japophile. 
But this happens to be about something that is very basic. That has nothing to do with nationality. It has nothing to do with race, creed, religion. It has to do with living. In lantern light, my yellow chrysanthemums lost all their color. Morning misted street. With white ink, an artist brushes a dream of people. Magnificent, that's Busan. Listen to this. Morning misted street. With white ink, an artist brushes a dream of people. At Nara Temple, fresh scented chrysanthemums and ancient images. An old tree was felled, echoing, dark echoing thunder in the hills. You see, that's not about a tree at all. Be careful, Daddy. These people speak with forked tongue. An old tree was felled, echoing, dark echoing thunder in the hills. Heat waves to heaven, rising from the ruined hearts of 3,000 homes. That is about the great fire that burned a town. Shiki wrote that one. Heat waves to heaven, rising from the ruined hearts of 3,000 homes. Chanting at the altar of the inner sanctuary, a cricket priest. Isn't that a lovely little image? Chanting at the altar of the inner sanctuary. A cricket priest. That's Isa, of course. Sad twilight trick. Listen to this one. This is a neat. This is an, a, a, an image that fits together like a, like a jigsaw puzzle. Sad twilight cricket. Yes. I have wasted once again those daylight hours. You see, everybody has the secret sense that he's wasting his life. Sad twilight cricket. Yes, I have wasted once again those daylight hours. A sudden shower. Terrified, loud, idiot ducks hightailing home. My melons that you stole last year. This year, I place upon your grave my son. On these rainy days, that old poet, Ryokan, wallows in self-pity. <laughs> That's a beautiful picture. Ryokan wrote that, by the way. He says, on these rainy days, that old poet, Ryokan, wallows in self-pity. He looks out at the rain. I mean, that was written about 150 years ago, you know. And I have seen many a guy standing at the corner of 47th and Madison looking out of a window at the rain coming down on the tops of Madison Avenue buses wallowing in self-pity. Pitiful, fearful. These poor scarecrows look like men in autumn moonlight. Oh, is that a one with a double barbed hook? Listen to that. Pitiful, fearful. These poor scarecrows look like men in autumn moonlight. 
at Ushiki. We stand still to hear tinkle a far temple bell. Willow leaves falling. Are you afraid to die? Are you really? The evening breezes, water lapping lightly on the heron's leg sticks. The wet kingfisher shakes his feathers in the late reflected sunlight. Oh, that's a magnificent image. Have you ever seen a kingfisher? A beautiful bird, a crested bird, a gray and white bird. And they fly low over the water and they burrow into the banks. The wet kingfisher shakes his feathers in the late reflected sunlight. Don't you miss that? I mean, don't you feel like you're missing something? Hanging around waiting for a bus on Lexington Avenue? I mean, don't you really? An unending rain. The house-pent boy is fretting with his brand-new kite. That's a beautiful image again, you see. That's not about a boy and a kite. That's the eternal dream. Yes, I hear you. You are right. That's right. I'll cut it out now. Oh, come on. You have said it. In unending rain, the house-pent boy is fretting with his brand-new kite. The calling bell, the calling bell, travels the curling mistways autumn morning. Basho, night long in the cold, that monkey sits conjecturing how to catch the moon. By the way, this is the one that that helicopter pilot remembered. He says, I never forget catching the moon. He says, I'm sitting in this miserable bucket <laughs> in a monkey suit. Night long in the cold, that monkey, that monkey sits conjecturing how to catch the moon. Listen to this dark, unending night. Once outside the paper screen, a lantern passing. They have gone, but they lit the garden lantern of their little house. Look out now. That's about death, you know, and people who have passed. Because nobody ever really goes, you know. Because nobody ever really is here. That's the secret of it all. They have gone, but they lit the garden lantern of their little house. Shiki. On one river bank, sunbeams slanting down. But on the other, raindrops. There is fall. Busan. Supper in autumn. Flat light through an open door from a setting sun. This is painting, you know. Literally painting. It's painting on your mind. September sunshine. The hovering dragonflies shimmering shadow. September sunshine. 
the hovering dragonfly's shimmering shadow. Have you ever sat in a boat with a long cane pole and watched the dragonflies light along the edges of it and fall and just quiver there? Do I dare depend upon you for firm friendship, dear morning glory? Basho. That morning glory is life. Do I dare depend upon you for firm friendship, dear morning glory? A wind-blown grass hovering mid-air in vain, an autumn dragonfly. A wind-blown grass. Now the old scarecrow looks just like other people, drenching autumn rain. <laughs> Here is the dark tree, denuded now of leafage, but a million stars. Shiki again. I, I, more and more, this guy, Shiki, I think is one of the greatest of them all, died in 1902 and knew nothing but a life of pain. Wrote most of his things in bed, you know. Here is the dark tree, denuded now of leafage, but a million stars. He's talking about, you see, old age. Up from my illness, I went to the chrysanthemums. How cold they smelled. A cold smell. That was Atsuji. Walking in the night, I added my autumn coughing to insect voices. Joso. Jagged candle flame, the very shape of autumn, sifts through the shutters. Urging on my horse into the mist-blanketed water, river-gurgle sounds. That's moving right on into the next, the next time segment. And it's mist-blanketed. White chrysanthemums making all else about them reflected riches. Peacefulness. Today, Fujiyama stands above us, mist invisible. That's a famous one. Smack, smack, men driving fishnet stakes in white fog morning. White autumn moon, black branch, shadow patterns printed on the mats. Exquisite, exquisite, the dewy bramble. To every thorn, a single droplet. Busan. From the temple steps I lift to the autumn moon my venerable face. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad for a one-liner. In this solid mist, what are those people shouting between boat and hill? Boy, <laughs> that doesn't talk about life. In this solid mist, what are those people shouting between boat and hill? In other words, what's bugging them? What's bugging all of us? What are they saying? What are we all trying to say? What are they beating that drum for down there on 48th Street? With that tambourine? What's bugging them? And that guy that's sitting up there back at the bar in the Metropole, what's bugging him? What are these voices? Nights are getting cold. Not a single insect now attacks the candle. Shiki. 
Can I have that note again? Ed? Did you hear that? Listen to this sad dirge. Just, 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 just set it back a minute. There, it's easy. Just about a, about a, an eighth of an inch. Just a few lines. Listen to this dirge. Bring it up. This is saying much the same thing that he just said. Nights are getting cold. Not a single insect now attacks the candle. Shiki. scarecrows left than other people. His hat blown off. How, how pitiless the pelting storm on the scarecrow. Uh-oh. Swallows flying south. My house, too, of sticks and paper. Only a stopping place. That the one thing that most Americans I know are afraid of more than anything else is being alone. You know, there's a difference between being alone and solitude. Solitude is an alone togetherness. Being alone is only half of it. And you don't master this easily. Most people get the terrible itch when they're in a room by themselves. And once you've conquered this, you have conquered 90% of the problems. The, the, the little gnawing maggots. The, the, the terrible fear that one day nobody is going to be ringing the bell. That one day you're going to get no calls at the service. That one day, one day, Listen what Soto said about it. After moon viewing, my companionable shadow walked along with me. <laughs> After the windstorm foraging for firewood, three fierce old women. I love the image of three fierce old women. We have all known fierce old women. <laughs> Have you ever wondered whether or not when a person gets very old, whether he or she really remembers the dreams, the things that they thought vaguely in a shadow form when they were young, the things that they thought would happen to them in life? Do they remember those things? Or, 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 mercifully, is there some kind of a sneaky eraser built into man that erases those dreams? Like the bubbles, you know, that rise high in the sky. And then, like my dreams, they fade and die. 
roadside barley stalks torn by our clutching fingers as we smile farewell. Ooh, roadside barley stalks torn by our clutching fingers. Get that, listen. Roadside barley stalks torn by our clutching fingers after we smile goodbye. As we smile farewell, Bashano. Farewells are the worst. Suddenly chill fall. Why should that ragged fortune teller look so surprised? <laughs> because he is saying we are always surprised when the time comes. Suddenly chill fall. Why should that ragged fortune teller look so surprised? All the world is cold. My fishing line is trembling in the autumn wind. Autumn breezes shake the scarlet flowers. My poor child could not wait to pick. This is Isa, who lost five children. Autumn breezes shake the scarlet flowers. My poor child could not wait to pick. You see, the implication here is that the child wanted to go, which makes it easier. This all has little edges and honed bits of glass in it. You've got to listen, you know. Seeking in my hut for unlocked midnight treasures, a cricket burglar. <laughs> Seeking in my hut for unlocked midnight treasures, a cricket burglar. I mean... How better can you express love than that? That's Isa, of course. You know, some of these things, I'll have to be perfectly frank with you, as you get on into winter, fall and winter, some of these things are so beautiful and so true that you can't read them aloud. You just can't. Can you notice that? You just can't, you know. I'll tell you... I, I've had a great... Someday I would like to make an LP of, of really good haiku. And, and the thing, when you're doing haiku, in case any of you are interested in reading it, it's a very difficult thing. The first thing you have to do is erase yourself. Get your own miserable little ego and personality out of the way. Get it out of there. Do not act it. You must experience it. Do you understand what I'm saying? One of the saddest records I ever heard was a record of I think, somebody like Gilgood or Olivier reading haiku. It was, it was obscene. <laughs> Obscenate. Little orphan girl eating a lonely dinner in winter twilight. This is one of the most frightening pieces of haiku I've ever read because it has a double edge on its double edge. It's about winter. I know I shouldn't read you a piece of winter haiku now. But this is winter. When I raised my head, there was my rigid body lying, bitter cold, 
Are you interested in any more? You see, the trouble is, this stuff hooks you like a terrible, terrible, terrible drug. And, and you know, all the way through all of it, there is a strange, consistent note of a kind of bittersweet optimism that says we are all... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.